What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Nazi podcast. This week, we are talking about the UFC card going down this weekend from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Jack Hermanson taking on Joe Pfeiffer in the main event. 14 fights. It's Super Bowl weekend in Vegas. Uh, not so big of a, a fight card, but I think a lot of good betting opportunities, a lot of bets I want to talk about. So I'm excited to break this card down with my man, Ozzy, as always. How are we doing this week, my man? Fat card. Happy Super Bowl week. Hopefully we got some winners coming similar to last week, which uh, went pretty well in the midst of our, what is it? 12 week streak or whatever it's going to be coming up here. Um, So yeah, you know, there's a lot of newbies and it's a fight night car that doesn't have a lot of name value, but they're fights and we got tape on these guys. So let's pick through them. Let's pick winners. Let's make that money. Yeah, a few contender series guys that are kind of making their debuts or, you know, maybe, uh-huh. uh, you know, guys with a few fights. But I feel like a lot of these guys, even though they're not that good, we still do have a lot of footage on them. That is a good point. So I think there's a lot of opportunities here that I'm liking. We're going to get into those in a little bit. But, um, you know, last week is a pretty good week. Uh, I think we were uh, on the same right sides as some, uh, the wrong sides of some. Uh and you definitely got the 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 one we really disagreed with and went head to head. You got the much better of with your boy Radke. Um, yeah, and you got cooked. You got cooked bad there. I mean, I told you this guy just doesn't have good striking. You're telling me he's got good striking technique because he throws a few kicks, right? You're getting big on the can kick narrative. Right, so. right. Had to correct you out of that. Um, and and I mean, easy winner. I mean, that's one of the best. Best bets of the of the year, I would say so far. If they re-ran that, you know, you tell me who's the favorite. So other than that, though, Imavov did well um, and then lost on a few underdogs. Drew Dober, he was the live favorite in the, in the third round, you know, went for a lateral drop, boneheaded move. And then uh, Viviani, I would still make that bet again. And then obviously I had the closing live value on Azmat or Azat, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, and he couldn't get it done in the uh, third round, but would probably do it again. So whatever it is what it is. Good event. And uh, I don't know. You have any other thoughts you can add in? We had some uh, some collab winners with uh, Medeiros, Lee, Imavolve. That was good. And, uh, you know, live bets were good as always. Charles Johnson, big live bet. And then the one thing I got to, you know, toot my own horn, Luana Carolina round three. I specifically mm-hmm. mentioned that one on the mm-hmm. podcast, 20 to one. I actually hit it 23 to one uh, right before it closed. Um, and she, you know, with with uh, it says eight seconds left, but she got it done um, and, you know, got her first finish. Congrats, little bro. I was good. Your boy Randy Brown did it for Queens. So it was, uh, I think, a pretty good card overall. Very profitable for me. I enjoyed it. But as I said earlier, 14 fights in this card, and I got a lot of bets on this one. So I'm uh, I'm going to keep the analysis short and sweet, give you all the bets, and you know get you all out of here before this busy Super Bowl weekend. So we're starting things off in the premier division for the third main event in a row. Jack Hermanson taking on Joe Body Bags Pfeiffer in his first UFC main event coming out of the Philadelphia area. We have in this one, Pfeiffer's the favorite, minus 240, Hermanson plus 205. Both sides getting bet. We saw Hermanson shoot up to almost 230. Now he's back down a little bit, so both sides are getting bet. And I think this one is um, pretty straightforward. You know, I think that Joe provides a lot of threats early. I think he's going to be much quicker and the harder hitter in the early rounds and has a good chance of knocking Jack out. But Jack is so much more experienced later in fights. 
Pfeiffer, I don't think, has really been in many, if any, round threes. No, he has one round three fight. It was back in 2018, but he hasn't been in round three since. And we, we know this is that's so big, guys. Think about it. Um, what, what just happened? Oh, Mike Malott. Mike Malott was up 2-0. He was doing great lately. He was minus 3-400 before the fight, and he just never fought in round three before. And Neil Magny, the king of round three and decisions, and he was able to just take that fight over. So it can't be undervalued how much cardio experience. And I'm not too high on Jack in this fight, except for that late fight experience. I think that he does have a chance to take this one over if he can see the later rounds. So for me, I think Joe... Probably gives him trouble, might even knock him out in the first two rounds. But I'm I'm going to be betting Jack round three, round four, round five. The odds are all over 20 to 1, 20 to 1, 28 to 1, 31 to 1 for the fifth round. And I'm going to just uh, see how it plays out. Uh, I think there will be a good opportunity on Jack live if he can get that that leg kick game going of his, you know, circle on the outside, throw leg kicks, uh, and then just limit the pocket exchanges because if this fight gets in the pocket, it's going to be Joe Pfeiffer landing hard shots on Jack. Um, and I don't think it's going to go too well. So uh, intriguing one, main, good main event, in my opinion. I mean, pfeiffer has got a good amount of experience. He's getting a good test in Jack here. So I see some people talking shit about this main event, but I like it. So um, what, what's your, what are you thinking here? Yeah, so first of all, uh, Jack, Jack Hermanson coming off a bit of a layoff. He fought the last, uh, I think, month of 2022. So he's out last year. Um, after that submission loss to Roman. So, you know, he's he hasn't been as active. And I obviously think that contributes to the bigger money line prices. You, you, um, I do believe in Joe Pfeiffer. I, I do think he um, is talented enough to be in fights like this. Um, and it's like kind of the different track in the UFC where Joe could have been on the regional scene much uh, or for much longer, but with less promotions um, with the opportunity of contender series and stuff like that. Um, he kind of gets into the big stage a bit quicker. So, you know, the main thing when I'm looking at the fight is the fact that Hermanson on the feet, he wants to stay mobile, right? He doesn't really sit down on too many strikes. And being that being the case, I think that uh, Joe will be much easier for, it's going to be easy for him to um, like, uh, going forward although maybe he won't get all the pocket exchanges that he might desire he should be able to fight on the front foot in my opinion um so i think that jack he's gonna be susceptible to the early strong start from joe um and he's gonna have to combat that with uh using the clinch right early on um trying to get to greco rome you know greco takedowns or stuff like that but i think it's gonna be really difficult to do that to Joe in the early on, I do think that Joe is more composed than credit for. Um, so I think that he might be able to manage that gas tank really, really well early and then uh, start catching Jack when Jack gets more aggressive. So for, for right now, the only bet that I've made and will probably add to is uh, the fight ends by submission. Just feel that either guy could submit one another. Um, we've seen Jack catch uh the you know leg locks he's caught that guillotine that he's really good at um he could catch a submission from top position if he's raining down ground and pound and and joe is uh is wearing down and then similarly joe could do the same thing club and sub is very live guillotine arm triangle re naked choke whatever may be 
Um, and and I do like the Jack Lee uh, stabs as well. But that that's the only bet for me. Plus two fifty. I think you can find it on Fanduel, maybe some other places. And I will pick Joe Pfeiffer to win the fight as well. Um. A little bit of connection and issues on Aussie's end. Hopefully, it won't be too bad. I think it's just a few a few words here and there. So I'll let you know if it gets worse. But uh, we apologize about that. But um, yeah. And then last thing, Jack, round three, round four, round five, submission, nineteen to one on Fanduel right now. Um, I like that. And that's going to take us to the co-main event, featherweight division. A little bit of a late no- late notice replacement here. Andre Feely filling in for Leroy Murphy, taking on Dan Ige. Ige is the favorite, minus 170. Feely, plus 145. Your turn to start this one off in the co-main. I was looking forward to the original pairing. I, I did like Leon Murphy there a bit. And overall, I just... Th- this is a fight that it makes sense that, you know, two guys who... Um, our veterans in the in the featherweight division, very durable, I would say. Although he did does get hurt a little bit more often. Um, typically his he's he's in fights where it's hard to put him away. Um, he's okay in every area of it. I'm having a hard time having a good read on it just because I'm not sure in the terms of the grappling who's gonna have the um the upper hand in whether it be being unpredictable and initiating the grappling or being able to counter the other person's grappling. Um, um, you know, obviously we saw Danny Gay get in trouble a few times with Bryce Mitchell. We couldn't, whether it be scramble with him, lost scrambles. You know, obviously Andre Filia is not at that level, but in scrambles, he's not the worst. He's just not great off his back. So if it's like a static position where Danny Gay is able to um, you know, get a takedown. I do think he potentially be able to hold him down, and that's why I do lean his way. Just better camp, I feel. Danny Gay, I think, has been improving, and he has a very high floor. Um, but I honestly don't want money on it. Uh, although I do see that a lot of people are on Danny Gay. I think this is a potential trap spot or a fight where it could end in a split decision. Like, I'm gonna. I feel pretty good passing. On. Um, I, if I were were to bet it, I mean, I, I just I don't really want to lay that chalk on Danige, so I'd probably go uh, Feely or Pass. Yeah, I'm I'm just confident enough to take a, a bet on Ige at minus one seventy because you know I thought about this fight a lot. Big fan of both of these guys, and I just think the the striking dynamic is going to be very clear here, where it's going to be uh, a little bit similar to that last fight I was talking about, where Feely is going to want to keep the fight long range, where he can use his kicks, his jab, his length, and Dan Ige is going to want to get the fight in the pocket. Now, I think that it, when the fight's on the feet, that favors Dan Ige because I think he's the more powerful and more durable striker of the two. So. I think Feely might give him some trouble with, you know, kicks and jabs, but I don't th- think they're going to be like hard, hurtful shots. While if Dan Ige is able to get it in the pocket, man, he's going to be landing, uh, you know, both hands of his, which both have power. And I just don't like the way the Feely, you know, got dropped by Brito, got hurt by Wood. I think uh, Jordan dropped him semi-recently. I just feel like he's in much more volatile striking fights. Now, Feely could hit some takedowns here. He does mix in and time his takedowns really well, but he's not the type of fighter to hold you down. While Ige, I think, has a pretty good first or two layers of takedown defense. It's just when he gets taken down, he's not good at getting up. But I don't think that's as bad here because Feely isn't the type of fighter to, to hold you down. So... 
I think it should stay standing for most of the time. And I think that if uh, if anyone is, you know, finishing each other here, it is going to be Ige. So I'm on Danny Ige money line, and I also think the Ige KO at uh, plus three twenty five on Fanduel. Uh, last time I checked, I'm not sure if it's still there. Yeah, it's down to 310. Uh, but I think that's good, too, because it's just concerned with the way Feely's getting hit lately. He's the one taking this one on uh, just about two or three weeks' notice. Um, so, you know, I th- and also with Feely, you know, he just came off a knockout. Well, it had to have been, what, four, five weeks ago? Um, let's check when that was. It was, yeah, about five, five or six weeks ago, he just doesn't strike me as a guy who would get right back into camp. I think he's going to be taking some time off, and I think he's probably just taking this fight because uh, it's a big name. It's a big opportunity, but I think Ige is going to be the more prepared one of the two and win the fight. So that's going to move us to the premier division again. We have Ihor Proteria making his uh, 185 debut, taking on uh, Robert Bryzek, I'm going to go with um, the Polish man making his UFC debut. The odds for this one have uh, Bryzek minus 162, Pateria plus 142. A lot of action coming in on Igor here. Uh, you know, he opened up in the 200 range, hovered around 170 for a few days, and then a lot of action came in on him the past, uh, you know, day or two. Uh, but I, I'm going the other way. I'm going with Bryzek here. Uh, for a few reasons. First of all, Bryzak has absolutely murdered his past five opponents. I mean, he has put these guys in fucking uh, comas, and you know, not great opponents. But I, I just that's a, that's, I a, just, that's, a, that's a good sign. Good, good sign. Exactly. Uh, while me, meanwhile, Ehor has been put into a coma a few times himself recently. Um, <laughs> You know, Bryzek, you know, I just think this guy's got good boxing combinations, man. His hands are fast. They're powerful. I think he knows how to find the finish when he has an opponent hurt. And Ehor, man, first of all, he's dropping down to 185 here. This guy is, what, 6'3". Six, six, he was already, you know, a pretty tall, lanky guy at 180 or at 205. Now he's cutting down 20 pounds on short notice. I don't understand how that's possible. How do you drop a weight class 20 pounds on short notice? On like two weeks notice. The the biggest difference between weight classes in the UFC, 20 pounds and he's He's and and you add in uh, just to tell the and obviously I know I'll go in as well, but that Brizak is a former welterweight, but this guy's chiseled. This guy, he's not a small middleweight. No. Yeah, and I mean, it's actually eight days notice, guys. How the fuck do you cut? I mean, maybe he was planning this ahead of time. I hope he was. He doesn't look like a planner to me. No, he fucking doesn't. He looks like he has very little thought behind those eyes, honestly. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, man. I think Brysek is going to land some hands and, and Ehor is going to, you know, you know, pack his bags and not put much of a fight. I know Ehor battled pretty well against Bellato, but I think one of Poteria's best strengths was that he was durable. He was able to, to, to take some shots and that's what it takes at light heavyweight. You need to eat some shots and throw some back and hurt your opponent. But with this weight cut, with the short notice, with just how hittable he is in general, I mean, we can't forget, uh, you know, Nergumano teeing off on him and Zetchiku. Uh, no, not in Zetchiku. Um, somebody else. Oh, Olberg, you know, stiffened them up right away. Uh, and I just think that, uh, that Bryzek is, is I don't think he's like a generational prospect, but I think he's good enough to be Ehor, man. So uh, I'm going Bryzek round one KO. And I think his money line is good under two to one. Yeah, I, I, I certainly agree. Um, I mean, right where you kind of mentioned all those names. That means, like, this guy's been taking damage. You know what I mean? Like, in, in all his fights, you know, there's been a lot of blows uh, exchanged there. Um, I don't think his defense is very good. And like you kind of said, huge weight cut. 
I'm very, very bearish, very, very bearish on uh, this working out for him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I have him. I'm going to keep it short there as well. I think, um, you know, Ehor is just going to be throwing a lot of hands and his defense uh, is not very good. So I don't think that uh, he's going to like and absorb well what's going to be coming back in his direction. Sounds good. And guess what, Ozzy? We're keeping it in the premier division here uh, at the top of the card. Uh, two studs, Brad Tavares taking on Gregory Hobocop Rodriguez. The odds for this one have uh, Hobocop minus 240, Tavares plus 205. Was the Hobocop nickname an uh, origination of you? I think. I don't think so, bro. It's just because Robocop, we call him Hope, and, and they call, they have R's. They call them H's, right? They, they sound like H's in Portuguese. They just call him Hobo. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I did make that connection. I was just wondering if uh, if you were uh, responsible for the originating it. But um, sorry, I, I won't it. take credit for that one. That's okay. That's noble of you. Let's pass it yeah. back to you, and you can talk about this fight first. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I think they had this scheduled a few a few other times. I think last year or something like that. I don't I don't uh, quite remember. Um. But you know, Brett Tavares had to fight against Weidman. I mean, weird fight. He leg kicked Weidman early. You kind of thought that, hey, maybe he'll finish Weidman. Absolutely not. It's Brad Tavares. Why would he finish anyone um, or, or attempt to? Um, but here, I mean, I, I don't really want to bet on Greg just because you don't really know what he's going to, like, the game plan he's going to put out there. Like, the main way I would see him losing is him, like, trying to take Brad down and, like, grapple him and do stuff like that. And it not working, and Brad, like, just tiring him out, you know, just being a, a strong-ass Hawaiian, uh, you know, keeping controlling him in the clinch, whatever, out-hustling him. But I don't really think that's probably going to happen. I feel like Robocop is probably going to just break a little bit, mix in the kicks, eventually maybe look to close the distance and uh, hit some kind of takedowns. Um, but Brad is pretty hard to hold down. You don't really know about his jujitsu game just because it never really gets there. Like guys don't really come take him down easily and then uh, be able to control him and work from there. Um, so I'm gonna go with a play on the over and the goes the distance in this fight. Um, Brad's just tough. I know he's gotten knocked out a few times, but just Robocop. I don't know with some of his striking for me leaves a lot to be desired. And then I feel after the first round. Uh, he's more he as he's getting uh, more fights under his belt. I think he's going to be more cognizant of trying to win decisions. Um, so if there's not a round one finish, I think I'm a big favorite on the goes the distance. So you don't you don't need to lay too much juice on the over, or you could just take the GTD. But that's what I'll go with, and I'll pick RoboCop to win a decision. So I, I think that that might be okay odds too. I think you might get like four to one or higher on that. So really. Um, yeah, I think they're, I fav like they're favoring Hobo Cup to not favoring, favoring, but they're saying he's going to finish. I don't think he's going to finish. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, but I'm a little more uh, inclined to think that Tavares is the value. Uh, but let's right. see what you're talking about. Um, uh, no, it's G Rod points is only 180. Oh, my um, bad. Yeah. Whoops. So, but I, yeah, either way, but the GTD should be good. Yeah. I mean, I think so too, man. Because Brad, Brad's style, I think, is pretty evasive these days. I think he's very, very comfortable with going to the decision. I think he's been to the decision almost like fifteen times in the UFC. His main I'm, weapon is like leg kicks. Yeah, 
He's been he's thirteen and four in decisions in the UFC, man. I mean that's, that's his a main fucking, weapon. <laughs> the that's, a good, that's a good, good record, man. I mean, that is a really, really good record. Um and I think that I'm I already have a bet on Brad here at two to one. I don't think it's uh, you know tremendous. I've you know I'm a big fan of of Hobo Cop, but I just don't think you can trust Juice on this guy, man. I mean, I fucking bet this guy against uh, uh what's that guy? He was Ferreira, and he gets knocked out. You know, it's just I mean Rodriguez. Okay, let's in his UFC run, he got knocked out by Ferreira. Chidi hurt him bad and split his head open. Um, Junyun Park had him rocked. I mean, he's just always in like volatile fights. So I feel if this fight stays in the feet, which I think I expect it's going to a lot of the time, you'll you just have to be really concerned about Hobo Cop's chin the entire time. He can be in control of a fight and then that one shot can shut his lights off. It's not like Brad has some titanium chin, uh, but man, I, I just think it's a lot easier to make a two to one dog bet than it is to lay the two to one chalk on uh, Rodriguez here. Um, and the last thing I'll say is I think people always get themselves roped into betting Hobo Cop submission. I've done it myself a few times. I don't think this guy is looking to grapple here, man. I think his he's, his style is boxing. I know he did he just did it and made it look real easy against Tululin, who's a bum. But I really don't expect like Hobo Cop to be searching for takedowns here. He might catch a kick and turn a takedown and turn it into a takedown from that, but I don't think it's going to be like a priority of his to take him to take Brad down because Brad's got good takedown defense, historically a really good takedown defense at the weight class. So I think it's going to be a striking fight, and I just think it's going to be closer than you know seventy percent for Hobo Cop. So I got a, a small play on Brad here. Um, also, one thing I, I need to say is you know Hobo Cop is black, Tavares is, and this is something we did not mention enough on last week. And last week, guys. Black fighters went 6-0 and against non-black fighters on that card. The first UFC card of, of Black History Month, 6-0 and for, you know, black fighters versus, you know, non-white fighters. Um, so that's a narrative we really got to consider and we have to mention. It would be it would be not doing our due diligence if we didn't mention it. So um, next fight is in the lightweight division. Um, that this last narrative is not a factor in this fight. Uh, Michael Johnson taking on Darius Flowers. Odds for this one have MJ minus 138, Flowers plus 118. Um, you know, it's never, you can, there aren't many guys that Michael Johnson would be a favorite over in the UFC, and there really aren't many who you actually want to bet him against. But Darius Flowers falls into the category of some guy I'm willing to, to bet. MJ at slight juice at, I took him at minus 120 to win one unit. And I just think that, that sure, MJ is, you know, a very mediocre fighter these days. He lets fights slip through his fingers. He's done that his whole career. But I mean, we're talking about an absolute massive difference in, in competition. And all of the guys who MJ has lost to in his career would all be Darius Flowers. And I don't think Darius Flowers is a very serious fighter. He got into the UFC on a short notice debut versus Matthews. Uh, I don't think he made a good account of himself in that fight. And I just don't see anywhere where he's dangerous to MJ. I mean, MJ, you always got to be worried about his chin. Uh, but I just don't think Flowers is even that good of a striker to 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 hurt him here. So I think MJ is going to outbox him. And hopefully he can keep himself together for 15 minutes and get it done. Because I am on him for to win one unit minus 120. Wow, great. Yeah, um, yeah I also got MJ here. Uh, I think I got him like minus 130. I mean, what you said, very true. Or is he used to fight at 185. Now he's trying to make 155. He'd be able to maybe get a takedown or two here, but thing on top is he's just not really 
uh, submission guy. Um, I, I was thinking about betting on Michael Johnson by submission, actually, which would be funny for him. It would just be, like, very Michael Johnson-esque for, you know, like, there's, like, fighters that you'll see them, like, try to counter-grapple, and you're like, no, 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 no. And I think Michael Johnson is due, like, one of those no, 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 yes moments where, like, he's trying to pull Gilly, and you're like, no, Michael, no. This, and then he gets it, and you're like, wow. Like, and then, you, you know, you, you scream to the top of your lungs. Uh, so I'm going to take some of that. But overall, I think from the southpaw stance, Michael's going to be really good. He's quick. Um, excuse me. And Darius Flowers sometimes, like, when he throws punches, he's kind of not really defending or, um, you know, uh, ready to take a counter shot. So I think he's very available to be clipped. Michael Johnson also carries power late like he, he he usually he's been having okay later rounds uh right like in the malarkey fight for example excuse me and uh what was one other thing and if you even look back at michael johnson's fights like of his last like six or seven fights most of them he's actually looked like the only one he wasn't was in the uh clay guida fight so rollo and michael johnson hell yeah uh what could go wrong honestly i'm pretty confident that it's gonna look okay until it's, it doesn't. But yeah, it, I, I think Michael Johnson. This is a good fight. They're trying to give Michael Johnson a win here. I think so too. I'm I don't. Sure. I just just flat. I bet him at minus one twenty. So even money, 50, flowers fifty percent. I wouldn't give him that much of a chance versus many guys on the entire roster, let alone a guy with you know thirty UFC fights. Even though he's had his ups and downs. Even though he is thirteen and fifteen in the UFC somehow. Preach, bro. Um, but the guy, dude, he, he knocked out Dustin Poirier. Do you think a guy who knocked out Dustin Poirier is going to lose to Darius Flowers? Come on. That would be an atrocity. Um, another fight, and you would not believe this, Ozzy, in the premier division. That makes it four out of six fights on the main card at 185. What a time to be alive. Hadolfo Vieira, Armin Petrosian, a fight I believe we talked about before. It got canceled. Yeah, got canceled the day of. Uh, we're looking at a near pick here. Hadolfo, minus 118. Petrosian, minus 102. Two reaction coming in. You know, it's keep it's bouncing back and forth. So people are betting both sides. Let's hear your thoughts on this one. Great fight. Um, yeah, they they poisoned the, those those uh, Brazilians poisoned my boy last time get that them bags filled up but it's back here you got to pay a little bit better more of a price i think i had like even money 105 but i'm back on hold off of the era just like last time i just feel that the guy he's shown that he can you know he, he's not a good boxer he's not gonna win a striking fight but he cannot get finished keep his hands up you know jab with you throw out some good shots ab absorb strikes not panic which is very important and uh, and then working his grappling. I think that's what he's going to do here. ADCC champion, world champion, champion, freaking everything champion, ADCC champion, whatever. You name it, this this mofo won it. Um, and I feel when he gets on top, he's going to be able to strangle Armin Petrosian. You know, Armin give, will give up his back to try to escape if he does get taken down. And a lot of his strikes very often are not very strong strikes. So Hodolfo, he's a Mack truck. He could, he can run through some of those, potentially catch a kick, pressure him. This is the small cage. Last time it was going to be the big cage in, during the fight night in Brazil. So I think Hodolfo, still a good bet here. Minus 120, minus 115, uh, whatever you could get there. And then potentially him by submission. What What is the submission line? It is... Got to be like 180. I think it was like 175. Where Where is this guy's fight? 
Um, it damn, is drop, uh, 145, 180, yeah, 180 on FanDuel. Yeah, 165, you could find some. So, yeah, DraftKings has 165. Um, I, I probably would just play the money line, but yeah, yeah I got Hidalgo. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm on his money line as well to win one unit, minus 115. I would advise also passing on the sub. I just think that if sub is looking good at plus 180, so is money line, you know. I think that there's a much better chance that somehow, um, you know, I think the fight may stay on the feet more longer than we expect. And, you know, Petrosian's the favorite if it strikes, obviously. But, um, I mean, these guys are middleweights in the small cage. Vieira's striking has been improving. His jab was effective versus Chris Curtis. And I think that, you know, Vieira having some success on the feet here isn't totally out of the question. While, you know, Petrosian having grappling success, I believe, is out of the question. So, I think Vieira can actually, you know, survive. And, and Petrosian on the feet. I remember thinking this last time. I honestly should go bigger than than to win one unit because Armin's style on the feet, man, is a lot of uh, being elusive and landing leg kicks and straight punches while retreating. He does not sit down on his shots. So we know Vieira can take a shot. And, you know, we've seen him hurt before and we've seen him power through it. I just don't think Petrosian lands the kind of strikes that are really going to hurt and deter Vieira. So I think anything he lands, he's just going to charge forward and get the takedown. Remember, uh, Safabek Safarov kicked Vieira in his eye, shattered his fucking orbital. Vieira just double-legged his ass and choked him out. Um, that was so, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I just think that it, small cage, you're right, even better for Vieira. Um, and I, I get Vieira here on the money line, so I might even add a little more. Uh, we're going to be moving down to the welterweight division here where we have Officer Trevin Giles fighting uh, a UFC debutante fresh off the contender series. Carlos Prates odds for this one have Prates as the favorite minus 250 Officer Giles plus 210. Give us your th- thoughts on this one to start things off. Actually, wait, my th- my turn. Um. I think Protes is going to knock this guy out, man. I think Protes' striking is legit. You know, long southpaw striker, really good kicks, really good knees. His straight punches are, are, are fast. I just think this guy knows he knows how to mix up the targets, and he knows how to hit people and put them out. And Trevin Giles is never a guy who has dealt with adversity well. Uh, he's just a guy who, even when he wins fights, I feel like he just skates by. Uh, the, the Parsons fight just made it by uh, Delize just made it by. Sure, he beat Bivon Lewis and Luis Casi. Clearly, those guys are bums. And I don't I think Protest, even though it's his debut, uh, I think that he's going to be lighting Trevin up on the feet. Trevin's going to need some takedowns, man. He's going to need to find a way on, on top position. And Protest's takedown defense hasn't looked good. But I think it's good enough. I mean, he got taken down in the contender series, but then he worked his back to the cage, hit a sick butterfly sweep, got right up, and then just started boxing Ramirez up and finished him. So I think it's going to be a protest KO. And uh, if you can find protest KO at plus money, uh, I think it's worth a play on that as well. So go ahead. Yeah, I can't believe you, uh, you're you not rating the Kossi fight uh, highly, the win. Um, it's crazy. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so so uh so yes, yeah, so this fight here. Um I, I also like uh Pratas. Um I, I do think he will find a chin from the south again, a softball, but a tricky one. This guy's got good kicks, finds knees, very active. I also think he has a uh black belt in jujitsu. Um I don't think he, he, he hasn't won any fights via submission, but I mean he'll go for like a front choke or like he'll go for your neck and you know, I think Trevin Giles, he does have the ability to be 
uh, live in this fight early, but I just really don't believe in him all that much to survive through it. Probably makes a bonehead decision, but I, I don't, you know, I, I don't really think there's a, a great investment opportunity there on the money line. If you want to bet him by KO, totally understand that um, because I do think Trevin uh, uh, Giles is going to get hurt at least one time in this fight, so I don't mind the bet. Our boy Preston Parsons just rocked him bad in the first round, and his striking yeah. is ugly. Yeah, we should have won that one. Um, we're going to the lightweight division next, where we have an absolute banger. Timothy Kwamba making his UFC debut. Four days notice, taking on Bolaji Oki, making his UFC debut off the Contender Series as Get away, well. Martian. You, you should go on this one, bro. Oh, hell yeah. So this we're big, you, bro. big time Tim Kwamba supporters. You know, been a fan of this guy for a while. And, you know, a little story is some some uh, woman who I was friends with in the martial arts community used to have a sexual relationship with one of <laughs> Timothy Kwamba's opponents. Um, but things ended badly and I had a little bit of a vengeance against this guy. And then all of a sudden, Tim Kwamba was like a plus like 265 underdog or something against this guy. And... I was like, oh, we're betting Kwamba. And he put a fucking beat down on him. Next fight in CFFC, he's an underdog again against a worse fighter than the first guy. So I'm no like, way. oh, we're, we're riding that train again. Bet him and he wins again. The contender series, he's plus money. We bet him and we win again. So Tim Kwamba has been an underdog money line train for me. And I just think the guy's a solid fighter too, man. There, there are things about him I don't like. He is very cautious, I feel. I think he's very comfortable taking fights to win decisions. And at times, he can make these rounds a little close. His contender series fight against Vogel, extremely close fight. I had him winning the first two rounds, but I mean, they could have really gone either way. I just think, but uh, Tim is a really, really well-trained fighter. I think he does everything really, really well. His boxing, his defense, his defensive and offensive grappling when he chooses to use it. I think he's really technically sound everywhere. It's just where he he lacks the initiative a little bit, the aggression at times, uh, which I think he could uh, have some room for improvement. But he is moving up a weight class here. He's taking on Oki, who... And I, I watched a lot of footage on Oki. So he's coming off a knockout on the contender series, right? Um, against Dilvin Salvatore, who I don't think is any good. He's a former kickboxer who came into MMA, but doesn't really have an established MMA game. Before the US, before that fight, he was winning a, a, a fight against an eight and thirteen fighter, a thirteen and zero fighter who all his record, all his wins are bullshit. A zero and zero fighter in his sixth pro fight. This guy just has a padded record. He's fought a lot of bums and. His first MMA fight, it was almost five or six years ago, but he did get taken down in all three rounds. He gets stuck on his back, and we haven't seen him on his back since then. So I think this guy's cardio is up in the air. I think his defensive grappling is not good. And I'm not even overall that impressed with his striking. I think he's just beaten up and knocked out a few bad opponents. But I think this is Kwamba's best opponent, or it's Kwamba will be his best opponent to date. And I honestly don't think so for Kwamba. I mean, the guy I was talking about just now, Frank Wells, is like a CFFC uh, champion caliber fighter. He's been in title fights. He's won a lot of fights in CFFC. He's a really good fighter. And Kwamba, you know, beat him up. Mateo Vogel, good fighter. Michael Stack, good fighter. I think that Kwamba is actually much more prepared. And I like him as an underdog, even at the current price, plus 165. And if it weren't for the size advantage, man, I think this would be like a favorite situation for Kwamba. So I'm a little hesitant because of the size, because of the how short notice it is. But he lives in Vegas. He just fought a week ago. 
I think Tim is ready and he's going to win another fight as the underdog here and, you know, solidify himself as a, a really solid fighter. So I got my boy, Timmy Kwamba, uh, at plus 180 average here. That's right. Trust in Dewey Cooper. Trust in uh, Tim Kwamba, right? Tim Kwamba's not running the Bashrat brothers. Brings at the Bashrat brothers. They basically Tim Kwamba's never let Martian down. John Martian, he's never let him down. Nope. And he's not going to do it this time because I'm also picking Tim Kwamba. Now I feel that this could be a competitive fight. I the the initial fight, the Demir fight, I liked it to go the distance. I think it was there were some weird numbers with that, but I, I I'm not sure where it was going to settle at. This one, not so sure. But I feel that the the thing is going to be here is that if um, Oki goes for Zulu Warrior, goes for the grappling. I just don't think he's going to be able to control Kwamba, and I feel that uh, the activity of Kwamba is going to uh, shine through. I feel that th some of the fights that I saw from the regionals um, that that Martian was talking about with uh, my boy Zulu, um, just the grappling I think is actually lower level than people are aware of. Um, and I think that he's going to have to win it with striking and putting on a big pace. But that's kind of um, Tim's kind of MO or where he's comfortable. So I really like him in this fight. I think this is a good fight for him to come into UFC, albeit on short notice. Um, but let's get it done. Let's see. Let's fucking get it done. Um, it, it's also Tim Kwama's birthday today. Uh, there we go. Let's go. He's turning What is that? What is that, Aquinas? 25. He's an Aquinas. What are, what are we at right now? Aquarius, you mean? Aquarius. There you go. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, what do you mean, bro? You're like the fucking uh, zodiac sign expert. No, Let's bro. See. I know one zodiac sign, bro. Um, don't be capping, sir. Cap uh, a lot. I don't know what it is, but I think sir I think cap a lot. Right. Um, let's see. Let's find, get to the bottom of this. It is yeah. Aquarius. You're right. Good. Good knowledge. Go. Although, yeah, you're talking yeah, shit, and I'm right. You, you claim you claim you didn't know what you were talking about. So don't don't be fronting. You're clearly very in astrology. Is that what it is? Astrology. Anyway, moving on to the one and only women's fight on the card, and it happens to be one of the best women in the UFC. Loma Lookboonmi taking on Bruna Brazil. Loma is a solid favorite, minus two seventy. Brazil plus two thirty on the comeback. Your turn to start this one off. Don't have a lot of takes on this fight. I think uh, it's going to probably go to the scorecards. Uh, that's, I mean, the Bruna Brazil, the, the last fight she kind of scraped by, I think she's going to have trouble with the kicks of Loma and her activity in close. Um, but I'll, so I'll pick Loma by decision. Pretty that's safe it. pick there. Can't, can't totally disagree with anything. I don't really see like a great angle to bet the fight. Um, you know, Loma sub has, you know, taken a, taken a big dive because she submitted her last opponent. I guess maybe Loma round two, round three, because, um, you know, doing a little MMA math here, but Loma shut out um, Gomez, 30-27, and Gomez knocked out Bruna Brazil. And I just think that Brazil, man, in that fight versus Shayna Bannon, she looked mediocre. I think Loma is going to eat her up, and she has a lot of things that could help her finish a fight late. She needs the body. She uh, kicks opponents' legs and limits their movement, and she also throws a lot of elbows that could cause cuts. Um, so Loma, round two, uh, 10 to one, round three, 13 to one. Those are the only stabs I see on the fight. And I think Loma could honestly finish on the feet or on the floor, so that's why I'm taking those late round props, but I, I highly doubt it's going to be in the first round. Um, how about the last fight? She got her back taken by Elise Reed. She comes out and takes Elise's Reed's back and chokes her out. 
incredible. And that's going to move us along in that one to the late heavyweight division, Devin Clark versus Marching Prachnio. Odds for this one, Dev Clark minus 222, Prachnio plus 187. Um, not a whole lot of thoughts for me here. I think Clark should win the fight, but this guy, he's a good, he's a decently skilled fighter, but he's not a good athlete at 205, which is bad for him. And I feel like he just fights beneath his skill level a lot. But his skill level or his his skill set should be bad for Prochnio. He puts opponents to the cage. He pins them there. He takes them down. He lands a lot of good strikes against the cage. And I think Prochnio is just like too noodly with his footwork. I think he's going to get pressured. He's going to get, you know, his back to the fence taken down. Uh, I mean, Vitor Petrino looked like he didn't even have the intention of grappling. But he's like, oh, I can just easily take this guy down and get him down over and over. And once Prochnio gets flat on his back, he he's he's down for the count. So I think Clark should win the fight, but just not a guy I'm too interested in taking those those uh, minus 200 odds on. And I don't even see any props either. Clark's a horrible finisher. So I think it'll probably be a Clark decision. Key up what Clark by submission is for me. So I, I like Clark in this fight. Um, Obviously, let's just talk about Prakniel first. Prakniel, um, his hands are not his main weapon. His main weapon are his kicks. Um, he's more of a kickboxer, fights out of softball stands. He'll switch up. He'll throw spinning ca- uh, kicks as well. But uh, Devin Clark himself has—I'm not sure his exact background, but he definitely he has a wrestling background. That's obvious. But he's got like some kind of like kicking background too, like some karate stuff, like something like that. I don't know what it is, but he 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 has the ability too. What I'm telling you this is that I'm saying he's in and out. He's kind of mobile as well. He's not like one of those stocky wrestlers that. You know, they, they, if they are on, if he gets caught on his feet on the outside, it's not like he's a sitting duck because practice bang, he doesn't want, not want to exchange. And Devin Bull, too. You know what I mean? He's not like a guy that can't move on the feet. So he is a very well deserving favorite. Um, he also doesn't really get Devin Clark's not a bad fighter. He, there's not that many areas he has a weakness in, um, uh, other than against the elite fighters. So, I just think Prakniel is not really a U- like is he a UFC level fighter? I guess, but he's not a reliable guy to uh, either come back if he needs to win a third round, uh, or like get like a late finish or any of that stuff. So we f- like we faded we're fading his ass. So is Devin Clark seven to one on sub? On it's not bad, pretty good, solid. Has he That's ever submitted? Uh, yeah, he, he guillotined somebody in the UFC. Didn't he's he? Got- yeah, yeah, he's got one win by sub in his career, four sub losses. His one yeah, win, he's by, due. one win by sub was in 2015, uh, he's, nine, he's nine years ago. He, there's gonna if Devin Clark time that Devin Clark wins, there's ground time here, so yeah, that's true. Um, Welterweight division next, Philadelphia's own Jeremiah Wells taking on Max Griffin. Odds for this one have Wells minus 149, Griffin plus 129. Uh, we got Joe Bifer's teammate. You got uh, faith in the Philadelphia native. Love Jeremiah Wells. Unfortunately, had him in his last fight. That one hurt. Um, I think he was like a 20 to 1 or a minus 2,000 favorite uh, live there. Um, so, Correct. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he just don't. You saw a lot of different things uh, from Jeremiah Wells in his UFC career, right? He had that wild, wild fight against Samuelsberger, but what has what has been evident is that one, he'll go for 
takedowns. He will initiate takedowns. And then it's hard to stop him with the takedowns. And then you can't really get up because he's kind of, you know, he's got that, those long arms, but then he's also like, he comes from that uh, really actual jujitsu background. So even if you think his technique isn't good, it actually is. Like he actually do- is doing the, the things that reward and keep uh, fighters down. And then uh, he, he still has like the ground and pound. Like we haven't really seen him because, uh, what's it called? Um, Harris was kind of like trying to get up, but he was hitting, you know, he was dropping ground and pound. But uh, this guy, um, Max Griffin, I feel that Max Griffin, a lot of guys haven't tried to grapple with him. And uh, he slowed down a little bit in his fights. He's a little, he's quite a bit older. I just feel this is a good matchup for Jeremiah Wells. I think that this is a fight where he could win if he needs to on the feet, just being mobile and kind of like blitzing in. But I, I'm just confident that he will get have grappling success in this fight. So I got him, and I'm at this minus 150 in that neighborhood number uh, for a plate for sure. Yeah, I agree with just about all that. Also, minus 149 for me on uh, Wells to win one unit. And I think these guys are actually pretty similar fighters where they both hit pretty hard. They both like to mix in takedowns. The one difference I see between them is that when Wells hits his takedowns, he has a much like way more legit top game. And he keeps opponents down, and he knows how to do that. And I also think that they're both a little susceptible cardio-wise. We saw Wells kind of wilt in his last fight and get choked out there. I mean, he didn't wilt there, dude. He got I, caught. I, I was gonna say he he really didn't look like he was slowing down. He just stuck his neck where it didn't belong. And Harris wrapped up that nasty uh, anaconda armpit anaconda. That he's famous for that. He's really good. Yeah. At- um. So. I mean, that was a shocking, shocking result. I bet Harris there thought it was a terrible bet, thought he had no chance of winning, and then all of a sudden he locked up and the fight was over. So, um, But Max Griffin in round three lately also, I mean, he just I feel like he's been in a few fights where it's 1-1, heading into the third round, and the fight's on the table, and he just doesn't do much in round three. The Griffin fight and the Morales, or the, not the Griffin fight, the uh, Magni fight. Magni fight, and, yeah. I just feel that he's not really shown up in round three lately. And I mean, he's pretty old too. He might, he might be about 38 by now. Yeah, he's 38. You know, Wells, no spring chicken, either 37, but I think he's got way less miles uh, than Max Griffin does. So I could see, I could see both these guys hurting each other on the feet. I could see both of them taking each other down, but I think Wells is way more likely to land takedowns and to keep the fight on the floor once it hits there. So uh, I think Wells has more finishing equity and I am leaning with him to win the fight. You know, I think under under 185 is good for Wells for, for a play here. So uh, that's going to move us along to the light heavyweight division. Probably my favorite money line of the card. Zach Pauga taking on Bogdan Gushkov. Odds to this one have Pauga minus 129, Gushkov plus 109. So... Guskov could finish Pauga here. In the first round, he could land some punches, hurt Pauga, get him out of there. I just think I would be really surprised to see Guskov win outside the first round. I mean, we had some doubts about if this guy was legit or not uh, coming into his uh, Volkan fight. And I know Volkan's a good established fighter, but Bogdan did nothing good in that fight, man. I mean, he was getting hurt right off the bat. He got taken down and submitted really quickly. He he looked like he didn't have good composure or cardio, and I just think this guy's a total fraud. So it's not like Zach Pauga is some you know bona fide established guy, but I think he's actually 
uh, a pretty good fighter for being as inexperienced as he is. He is 35. He got in MMA really late, but he's a good athlete. Um, and I think he's learned on the job pretty quickly. And I think this guy actually has a decent eye for the fight as it goes on. I think he can make reads. He can change up the range of the fights where if he wants to maybe mix in some clinch, he has a good clinch game, uh, pin you against the cage, maybe mix in a takedown, make some reads at distance. And I think he got pretty unlucky to lose that Bukakis decision. Uh, I mean, that was a total coin flip decision. Uh, you know, actually, I think the judges uh, or the, M- the MMA media, it was like 14 out of 17 people had the fight for Pauga there. So I think that's kind of factoring into the price here. And man, I, I just got to go with Pauga. I-, I think that he's in a little danger in round one. But if the fight gets out of round one, I think it really should be pretty easy work for Pauga. And I think. He's he's gonna pr- be a problem for Dushkov at all areas. Distance, clinch, maybe he he can hit a takedown. And I'm just you know looking to fade Guskov being a fraud again. So under minus one fifty is good for Pauga, and you know be ready for live lines too as well. I have um, to win one point five units at minus one twenty three on Pauga here. Uh yeah, interesting. This is actually an interesting fight for me because I feel. This is one where uh, you're trying to calibrate who's on what level. You know what I mean, right? Like, we don't have that much information on Guskov, but there is footage on him. And then Pauga, uh, the, the, the interesting thing, Martian, here is that last fight, we thought we were getting a, a, a steal, a deal on Pauga, right? Right? That He was plus money against Bukis. And that's why we felt extra robbed because we not like that fight looked like it should have been a pick em fight but we got a big plus number on pauga uh if i'm re- remember right and i thought that it was, I, I just thought that that was weird um and then the market rating again is coming here and although we are low on uh this guskov guy um again a fair line on pauga so something to uh consider i would say um but i also like zach pauga the total overall to me is kind of interesting because Zach Pauga fights sometimes have been like slow to develop. He's maybe, you know, uses the clinch a little bit. They're in a small cage here. And sometimes those big guys um, can draw out a fight sometimes. Um, but I potentially like Zach Pauga to actually get a finish here. So I'm kind of leaning towards, um, you know, not going too hard on the money line just in case uh he does shit the bed he gets clipped with a punch you know i think uh pauga used to be a heavyweight right and then he started cutting it down to 205 so maybe his durability might not be there so i don't know but i'm i'm just gonna try to split this a little bit uh try to get on the plus money side of a good you know like an overperformance by pauga and take that um just because looking at the fact that they have the total only line that one and a half at pickham uh he's he's a little bit of a favorite that i think should be a bigger favorite i think the money the uh the ko line is pretty fair at almost three to one right you get a plus 275 250 on it so i'll have some of that but i also do like the zach pogo to pick up a win here Sounds good. We are aligning on most stuff this week, and that's going to take us to the featherweight division. Hyder Emil taking on Fernie Garcia. Garcia moving up on about a week's notice here, moving up a weight class to 145, 0-3 in the UFC for him to start, and the odds for this one are minus 200 for Emil, plus 170 for Fernie Garcia. Uh, Fortis MMA fighter. I feel like we haven't been seeing too many Fortis guys, but they got Fernie in action here. What are you thinking about this fight? Yeah, I've been low on Fernie. I think I faded him 
him on all, all I think he's had three fights. I, I, well, his last one, right? He was like a big, big underdog. Didn't fade him there. But other than that, have faded him for the most part. Um, don't don't think he's very good. Um, I feel that you know, obviously he's under he's gonna be undersized here. I think there might be a reach disadvantage as well. But the most part is like Hyder. He's kind of like a I, I would say like a safe fighter. Like he goes into neutral positions well. Um, he stay he has like a high motor. Keeps working. Keeps shipping away. Um, it is, is well-rounded, so I don't think that uh, Fernie is going to be able to, like, mix it up on him and have him uncomfortable. We saw his uh, LFA fight that uh, he defended a lot of those uh, choke attempts, right, by, uh, what's his name, Cody Gibson, who I would I would probably pick to beat Fernie in a fight if they fought. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, I think it's the deal. I think, you know, I, like, my, I would probably bet the money line up to, like a Miami here, so I, I still think there's still a little uh little value to be had on the Hyder Emil side. Well, fellas, I know everyone loves when we go head to head, like with Urbina and Radke last week. That has you know good uh benefits about it, but this week we're seeing eye to eye, Ozzy, because I got Hyder Emil here as well. Big, I got it. I got on him at minus one ninety. Yeah, a decent sized bet about to you to win a unit and a half. And I just think, first of all, Fernie's taking the fight on short notice, moving up a weight class. I don't think he's big for the weight class at all at one thirty five. And I think one forty five is just going to be bad. He's going to be way undersized here. He's not going to have a training camp. And, uh, you know, he's clearly fighting like for his job. He was thinking maybe I won't get offered a fourth fight, uh, but let me take this fight and, you know, keep my keep my job for a little bit uh, and Fernie first of all uh, he he finished Josh Weems on the contender series right he knocked him out but before that he had like five decisions in a row I think um yeah his wins five of his fights went to the decision in a row the guys who he finished 12 and 30 record six and ten record one and five record total bums so the really only like legitimate fighter he's ever finished was Josh Weems who is not that good and <laughs> You know, I just think it's really low percentage that he's going to finish Emil here, man. Emil is bigger. He's he's tough. He was fighting. Uh, what's that guy's name on LFA uh, who gave him a good fight? Cody Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, yeah Gibson. took him down, took his back, was in a deep, deep choke. And you just saw that Emil was thinking clearly he was fighting the hands. He pried that choke off. He fought back and he knocked him out the next round. It just, he just seems resilient to me. I just don't think that Fernie has a good chance of finishing this guy. And on the feet, or on in terms of a decision, I mean, Hyder just, I feel, is going to work hard. We saw how hard he worked in that fight on the contender series um, versus uh, Court Maz or something, Son Mez. Um, man, I mean, those guys were gassed in the first round, and that was just such a battle of attrition and just grit, and Hyder stood up from takedowns. His cardio was incredible. He had good initiative, and he just he struck me as a guy who knew how to win rounds. He knew how he was you know, he was stuffing the takedowns, he was sprawling, and then he was landing some elbows and punches, just landing some damage to get some uh, memory in the judge's eyes, and then he won a unanimous decision because of it, so I just think it's going to be really hard to outwork Emil for a decision, and I think it's going to be hard to finish him as well, so I just have a tough time seeing how Emil loses is this one i don't think amiel is going to do a whole lot uh good in the ufc he's getting in at what 34 33 um so i think he's gonna have a tough run but i think he should be more than good enough to beat uh garcia here so i like him under uh 70 percent 
And the last fight on the card, Daniel Marcos taking on uh, Olichi Lang, or Aori as we like to call him. Marcos minus 257, Aori plus 217. This is a fight that I think I'm the least interested in on the card. Um, I think Marcos should win. I think he's being a little too heavily favored here. I mean, guys, it was pretty unanimously agreed that he robbed Davy Grant. I would say that was probably one of the worst decisions of all of last year. Um, So I think that's got to be favoring into his line here. I just don't, I don't think this guy is that great. I mean, he's a striker, right? He he doesn't grapple much and he's a a good striker, but I think Aori is going to keep it competitive, you know? So I would, I would rather bet on Aori, but I just don't see enough, uh, you know, to, to like this guy here. I'm still kind of traumatized. He got knocked out by Eamon Zahabi of all people. Um, so uh, I'll pass. Who called, on this one. Who called that knockout? I don't remember. I don't remember, but I, I lost, I lost you, on what's on Aori. So fuck him. <laughs> you, oh, that, you had him. <laughs> you had him in that fight. You're an idiot. Um, so yeah, I had Eamon Zahabi there. No scorecards by knockout. You know, the works um, money line, all that. Uh, damn, Martian! I can't believe you did that to you, yourself. You, you came. That was one of like the conclusions you came to after the podcast. Like you said, like yeah, I don't know, pick and fight, and then the, then uh, Friday you solidify your opinion. And so uh, don't be don't be doing a full full victory lap, you know? Okay, but I mean, listen, hey man, I, fuck, dude, I, I I what? Anyway, um, it is what it is. um yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I, I I would tend to agree with the fact that hey, why is um. Marco's this big of a favorite. I get it, he's never lost, but like he just like I feel like the margin for him could be big if he's able to work the leg kicks because Iori's not a big kicker. But I feel like Iori brings a little bit of variance into that. Um, I haven't really seen like a lot of chaos in Marco's fights, but I like Marco's. I think he's cool. My uncle's Peruvian. I root for him. I root for. What's his name? Michael Morales. Um, I feel that body work could be big here. But I think maybe trying to... Is the under here any good? Usually these 135 fights, Um, I the totals for the unders are like a trap, I would say. I, I need to look at what the um, historical average is for the, uh, for, for the under. So 155, I, I don't mind that. I feel like there's potential here for a uh, finish either direction because I think there's going to be pocket exchanges in this fight. I like the sound of that. Um, I agree. I agree. And Marcos, he kicks the legs. You know, he has decent attritional work as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's not bad. Um, but overall, there's going to be a favorite heavy card for me, I would say. I don't think I have... Um, I don't think I have bet on or will bet on a single underdog. I mean, I'll have some props that'll be Kwamba. dog okay. money. Kwamba. Oh, Kwamba. Yes, yes. Excuse me. Thank you for reminding me. But yeah, I think it's going to be mostly fair. I'm going to try and um, put a few of these in parlays as well. I feel like this is a fight card that I could potentially, you know, famous last words, but sweep. You know, you know, mm. you, you know how, you know how <laughs> get the brooms out. Oh yeah, I, fuck! I meant to mention that at the beginning of the podcast, but we guys we lost a, a valued member no. of MMA betting community this week. I'm I, I, I'm sorry to see him go, uh, but I think that he'll crawl back very very soon and continue his run of misery and depression. Um, and uh, we will eventually uh, we'll see more content from from our fallen soldier. So, listen, I want the broom. I want the broom, but in a good way. I feel like we could get the brooms out in a good way, listeners. 
Um, what else? Uh, before we go, we got fuck Mary Kill next, right? Fight numbers, guys. I think you, you should give me the the three to start. I will. Fight numbers, guys. If you guys play DraftKings, John Kelly just launched uh that used a lot of uh, great tools. I've been using it myself. This is a big fourteen fight card. I personally don't like those cards for the DraftKings, but usually when there are more combinations, easier to win first place. Um, and yeah, uh, that's about it. We might be doing some other stuff. There might be some other things in the works. Wink, wink. Um, yeah, let's go. So let me give you your three, Martian, for your FMK. All right. So first, let me give you uh, the main event of the week, my personal main event. Michael Johnson, okay, is number one for you, okay? Wow. Number two for you is Jeremiah Wells. And then number three, I'm going to give you the under two and a half in the main event, which is uh, minus 150, let's say minus 155. So between those three, three, all those are juice. You know, you're laying a little bit of uh, juice there. FMK, those three. Mm, damn, this is a good one. This is a good one. Well, I'm going to get my kill out of the way, and that's the under two and a half. I just think that's very, very Pfeiffer correlated. And minus mm-hmm. 155, that puts it at 60%. I don't like that. So okay. um, that leads me to the, the between the fuck and the Mary. Two tough ones here because I think that the Max Griffin is a much better opponent than uh, Flowers is. But but MJ is obviously less reliable. So I'm going to have to fuck MJ and marry the boy from Philadelphia, Jeremiah Wells. That's Let's gonna, go. That's a good one. Okay, Perfect. so we're going to give you some to start things off, okay? Let's see here. We got, um, I'm going to go with the goes the distance in the Brad Tavares uh, uh, hobo cop fight at plus 110. Okay. Then I'm going to give you the Vieira money line, Hadolfo Vieira money line minus 118. Then, or well, let's say 115. And then last but not least, Zach Pauga money line minus 122. Okay. Uh, what was the first one again? The goes the, goes the distance and, the, and Robo, and Robo, Auga, and uh, Vieira, uh, Vieira. Okay. So I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna get. Let me get my fir- kill. My first kill out the way as well. Oh, uh, I'm gonna have to kill. I'm gonna probably have to kill the goes the distance in the RoboCop fight, even though I like it. I just think that I just like the other two ones more, just to be honest. Um, and, and then I'm going to fuck Zach Pauga. Um, and then I'm going to marry the Black Belt Hunter. Get that guy on my side. We we love Black Belt Hunters, right? We That's what we uh, aspire to do all the time, hunt Black Belts. So I think he's going to win this fight, man. He's been training for this fight. I think it's very obvious what to do on this. So that that's who I want to marry. I want to stick my claim to the guy who's going to follow the game plan. I like the sound of it. That is going to do it. Um, I got the the uh, the Chiefs winning with a score of 30 to 23. Uh, and Absolutely. the the moment on the field with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey is going to be probably the biggest moment in pop culture history. OK, it's going to break the Internet, you think? I'd, I'd say so. OK, yeah, I mean, I definitely got the Chiefs as well. 30 to 17. We got to keep the 13 uh, narrative strong. So I'm going to go 30 to 17. Chiefs win. Um, Super Bowl MVP, Rashi Rice. Wow. 
I have no opinion on the the Ago Mahomes, obviously, but um, yeah, it'll be a good one. So um, a lot of bets on this card. Hope you all enjoyed it. Tailed some action. Hope we get some winners this weekend. Hope you all enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll see you before you ninety eight next week. Big one next week. Big, Big one. one. Next week. Big one. Big pay per view. So thanks thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you all have a nice weekend. We'll see you all next week. Peace out.